Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with a good friend, coach, mentor, John Opoluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm good. I'm excited about uh, episode 163 today. It's a continuation. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it is a lot of episodes. (laughs) It really is. Um, Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation we started in 162. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the title of today's episode is Three Essential Elements of a Healthy, Effective Church. In 162, the title was Being Small is Not a Problem, yeah. a Virtue, or an Excuse. And we yeah. unpacked we unpack that together. Um, we had uh, the privilege of having Carl Vaders, who actually was uh, with us on episodes 124 and 125 on our podcast. Yeah. Um, if you want to listen to Carl, Carl's voice, uh, you can yeah. go to those two pods and, and, and listen. But uh, we, we brought Carl uh, to Michigan uh, just a few weeks ago uh, in conjunction with the Michigan Ministry Network. And Carl's an expert in helping small churches develop and thrive. And and the conference was very well attended. And uh, even more importantly, it was impactful uh, to those who attended that. And uh, so we thought, hey, why don't we take a a couple of podcasts and just unpack like a couple of the real big ideas that Carl shared, because we thought it would be good to reinforce that for those who were there. And to introduce some of these concepts to uh, leaders who yeah. weren't able to attend. And so in, in 162, we, we unpacked that statement that Carl made to these leaders of smaller churches, uh, churches of 200 or less, uh, saying small is not a problem, not a virtue, or an excuse. You know, the goal shouldn't be size. The goal should be health. Yes. And yeah. vibrancy. And being the best possible version of the church God has intended you to be. And, and that was really the, the, the focal point of our conversation in 162. If you didn't watch or listen to 162, you might want to do that. Yeah. But today, Jim, I'd like to focus on another key area that Carl, Carl unpacked for us. And um, it was this, the, the, the three essential elements of a healthy, effective church. And I don't think anything we're going to share today will be this amazingly like, I've never heard this before moment. I'm pretty sure, well, maybe we'll surprise everybody and come up with something. But but this is so basic, right? Yeah. But I I think I need to be taught the basics on a regular basis. Yeah. So that I know how to live them out and, 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 and lead in the light of them. So that's what I'd like us to, to look at is uh, this, these three essential elements. Jim, how do you feel about that conversation today? Well, I, you know, I, I think we all know what these things say, but do we actually understand what they mean? And do we understand what they mean in our current context? Uh, a husband would see the Great Commission differently than a pastor would see it. They would see it uh, of a, a church plant versus a church that's thousands. But But there is a relevant understanding in all of those dynamics. So I think it isn't just reminding me what I know, it's teaching me what I know means in my current context. If I don't know what, what Jesus said, I don't know what to be obedient to. And I, I don't want to just have knowledge. I want to have a commandment. I want to have a promise, you know? So these are commandments that come with promises. 
right. in, in our current context, they are important. Yeah. Lead us so on, John. Yeah. So here's the first one. The first essential element is the great commandment. Yeah. In Matthew chapter 22. And, you know, this is right in our wheelhouse, Jim, my, my wheelhouse, especially. I mean, I, I teach on this, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 times a year uh, on yeah. this passage of scripture. Yeah. And uh, in, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said back to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, yeah. I believe every word in the Bible is important. And yeah. I think sometimes we read a verse or a passage of scripture that's very familiar to us and we skip pieces of it. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that. Yeah. I do that. And uh, I, do too. I believe this, that the last two words in that passage, as yourself, are the missing piece. Yeah. In the health conversation in the church today. Yeah. We know we're supposed to love our neighbor. Not not always easy to do, but we know we're supposed to. We know we're supposed to love God wholeheartedly with everything yeah. in us. A little easier to do than loving our neighbor. Yeah. But I there is this phrase that this as yourself phrase. And the word as in Greek, and I'm not here to to bore anybody but i'll just give this real <laughs> it's a it's a connector word in greek yeah. omega sigma and it means in the same manner as love your neighbor in the same manner as yourself how i yeah. how i treat myself is a is a is a phetic indicator of yeah. how i'm going to treat people in my life yeah the most important command in the bible the greatest commandment in the bible yeah. It's a three-parter. Commands us to love God, to love our neighbor. But Jesus also commands us to yeah. do likewise to ourselves. Yeah. And I believe this, for a church to be vibrant and healthy for the long haul, no matter what size it is, we have to get all three pieces of this commandment right yeah. in order for us organizationally to be well. What do you think, Jim, about this first one? Yeah. And I think it's interesting how one flows directly into the other. It's funny because Jesus says the first and the greatest is this. And the second is also this. So he was asked, what's the greatest? Jesus, I, I understand, has asked hundreds of direct questions, answers two or three directly. And this is not only the answer directly, which is extraordinarily rare, but he also answers a question that wasn't asked. So you have to say, well, why would that be? And I think it's because who would know if I love God with all my heart? You know, I, 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 other than the love that I have in me overflows from me to my neighbor. And who would know if I, how am I supposed to love my neighbor if it doesn't come from someone? I, how, how do we forgive if I believe God doesn't forgive me? How do I love my neighbor if I believe God doesn't love me? How do I not judge my neighbor if I believe all the time God is judging me? So this, this is a cascading thing. Yes, but it yes. does come down to, you got to love you like I love you, kid. And if you love you like I love you and you love me like I, you know, like I deserve to be loved. Now we can talk about reaching the world. Now we can talk about forgiveness and it won't be too burdensome. Now we can talk about generosity and it won't feel like a tax, you know, but it's until you know that I love you, until you know that you love you like I love you, loving other people is impossible. So the way I prove that I love God, believe it or not, is by the evidence that I can see, and that is loving my neighbor, loving myself. So I, I think you're right. I think we've gotten that. We thought it was two things and it's not, it's three things.
And that third thing is just as important in the equation of our success and obedience as the first two. And the implications of that for a church, again, I, I think the, these implications are immaterial with the size of your church, but let's just, because yeah. we're talking about churches of 200 or less, this is absolutely something you can do. Yes. Learn, you know, there is great material out there will teach you how to do this well. Pastor, figure out how to love God with your whole heart. He called, you know, the only reason I think you're in the ministry or you started in the ministry is because Jesus did something amazing in your life. Never lose that that fresh sense of wonder. Never lose the the reason you signed up in the first place. Look, ministry is a people endeavor. Yeah. And, and and do that, do the people piece well, but yeah. don't don't exclude the third piece. Yeah. How do you how do you treat yourself well? You talk to yourself well. Yeah. You you you, you carve time out in your in your week to care for your inner man, to care for yeah. not just your spirit, but to care for your emotions and yeah. your mind your thought patterns, um, to care for your relationships. Relationships matter. Friendships matter. And and, and these are, any church can do this. You said in, the, yeah. in, in 162 that most of the commands in the Bible, or all of the commands in the Bible, can be obeyed if you have two or three people. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so this is something every church can do. And, and I would submit to you, that if you get this right, you will be healthier. Yes. Oh, there will be a, yeah. a vibrance yeah. uh, in your church um, that might be lacking today. Focus on this most important yeah. commandment. Yeah. Now, if you're not motivated by loving God and loving people as yourself, then what other motivation is there that, that will run out of steam? It will run out of steam. It will fail. Um, when, when the mean person that doesn't love you back you know, has their way with you with their words, punishing you for the, the sins of your predecessors, you'll quit just like your predecessors did. And, and, but if you, this, this is the, this is the, this is the 220 outlet, man. If you're not plugged into these things, mm. the ministry is a terrible job. I can't imagine anybody would want to be a pastor, you know, or a youth pastor. If you didn't love God and love students, why would you ever want to be a youth pastor or a I, children's yeah. pastor, or a senior pastor? This is, this is the why. This is the because. And if you don't have this, then, yeah, then you need to stop what you're doing and take some time to, to unclog these these avenues in your life. Yeah. And, and so it's a simple set of questions, I think. You know, am, am I loving God well with all my heart? Yeah. Yeah. With all my soul. Am I allowing the busyness of my world and my life to crowd out yeah. a relationship with the Lord? Am I loving my neighbor well? Yeah. Is there space in my life? to care for and build relationship with my neighbors. Yeah. Am I loving myself well? And we already talked about that. So it's a, yeah. it's, it's this self-awareness of how am I functioning in these three? And you might think, well, that sounds, how does that apply to church? It applies to church in a million ways. Yeah. But let me just say this real quick, and we'll get on to the next one, that, that people tend to become who you are on the inside as a leader. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a hundred percent foolproof, right? But I would say that people pick up on whatever is happening 
on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they follow. Mm-hmm. And that's both terrifying and yeah. but it's also exciting because I have so much control over what's going on inside of me. Yeah. Yes. So that's the first, that's the first essential element of the great commandment. Here's the second one, the great commission. Yeah. In Matthew 28. I'm so grateful for Matthew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> writing his Yeah, gospel. for an IRS agent, he did really well. You know? Yes, he did. Yeah. He, yeah. he really did. <laughs> it, but in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Um, Jim, I got a question for you. Uh, would it yeah. be too harsh? And I don't want to be, I don't want to be harsh in any way, shape, or form here. But would it be too harsh to say that any church that is in not is not in some way, shape, or form reaching people for Jesus and discipling them is lacking health? Is that yeah. is that too harsh? Yeah, no, no. I I think as long as you give it the caveat that health is a process. Yes, and, and that so if we're not healthy enough. People aren't inviting anybody because they, they're barely holding on to the, the chaos that is their local congregation. Then I think the leadership needs to go back to the, the, the great commandment to work out those issues. And, and then from the great commandment, you can flow into the great commission. But again, it's not, well, we've been working on the great commandment for 20 years. We haven't got to the great commission. Like, wait, you're not, you're missing something. I, I do know that yeah. a long uh, set in mindsets being changed you know we've had 10 pastors in eight years i i, I understand there's difficulties that would delay that yes but but if one area if, if loving god people and yourself is healthy loving to serve creating environments where people get to be who god created them to be making disciples opening doors connecting people to needs that that certainly has to come next if you love people that's going to happen so i i think right. it's okay to, to admit we're not healthy enough to be an evangelistic church right now, but you you better before God have a plan to become a healthy church. Yes. You can just say, well, we've never been healthy enough to do this. So we're not healthy enough now, but in the next six months, we're going to, we're going to c- courageously confront the issues, the personalities, the circumstances, right. and uh, we're going to make discipleship and evangelism uh, a main thrust six months from now. I think, I think that's, but yes, it, it is a sign of being unhealthy. If what you have, you don't care to give away, something's wrong. Yeah, and I love your perspective, Jim. That um, first things first, right? Yeah. That um, if we're not healthy enough to um, execute some version of the Great Commission, yeah. um, that we need to take a pause and say, "Okay, are we are we obeying the Great Commandment? Are we walking in that?" That's that's such yeah. a good perspective. I really appreciate that. So the essential elements: the Great Commandment, yeah. Great Commission. And then the third essential element is equipping God's people. Yeah. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Jim, I know that um, this is totally in your wheelhouse, this third one. Uh, Paul said it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. It does not matter. If you pastor a church of 20 or 2,000, you are called to equip God's people. You are not called 
You do all the ministry by yourself while everyone watches you and plots. Carl said this, and I thought it was so good. He said, if you pastor a small church, start with one person. Mm -hmm. Start equipping one person. He said, find people, and I know you like this. He said, find people who love to serve and start with them. And he would yeah. said, he, he said, and you told me that you did this many, I mean, years ago, you said this to me. Yeah. He said, I'd watch if somebody picked up a piece of garbage on the sidewalk. And I thought. I'm the, I'm the one who threw the garbage on the sidewalk, by the way. Yeah. In, in, your, in front of the main door. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, talk to me about this third one, Jim, and maybe a little yeah. bit about this uh, leader-servant uh, relationship, yeah. you know, Carl impact. Well, I, I think. Let's take a business scenario to help us understand the church scenario. I, every business owner would like partners more than employees. A, a mm. partner looks at everything and says, this reflects on me. I'm a part of this. This has value to me. Uh, an employee goes, that's not my job. So an employee walks past a piece of trash, walking into the main doors on Sunday morning um, and says, that's not my job to pick up trash at this church. A partner walks in and goes, oh my goodness, there's trash in front of the front door of the church. And for some reason, there's something in me that just can't walk past it. So I would be the one that threw the trash on the ground when I first came here. I threw it about 10 feet from the front door. Everybody saw it. Those who stopped and picked it up, um, I confessed that I had put it there and I wanted to buy them a cup of coffee this week. And and they say, why? I, well, because you look at this place a lot like I look at this place. You you are, it is, I, and I say it's a reflection like you'd be embarrassed, but there's a value to how this place is perceived. That's equal to the way I value the way this place is perceived. And I think something that Carl said was was so good. Um, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder here because it is such a oh, good go one. Ahead. Go for it. But he said it's much easier to teach a servant how to be a leader than it is to teach a leader how to be a servant. And I've run into that one head on. I'm a PhD, I'm a type A, I'm a D on the disc assessment, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a put me in, put me to work. Well. But then when it's time to like tear down the chairs and clean up to go home, they're, they've left. But the, yeah. but the kid that, that stayed to set up the chairs and pick up the trash and get the room set up for the next day, man, if you'll teach that servant how to be a leader, I, I promise you, they already have the necessity of, of washing feet. They already have that in their DNA. So yeah. a servant, someone who, who values what's, what's happening and values every role, how, no matter how minor it may be, considers it an honor to serve, that's... That is a great leader in the making. And let's, let's just say that it's not. Let's say that that servant really can't become a leader. You still have a great servant. But let's yeah. say a leader can't become a servant. You may have a big problem. So Carl's advice, and I would echo it, is throw a piece of trash in front of the front door and see who picks it up. See, see who comes early. See who stays late. And see yeah. why they do it. See, yeah. the, we have official greeters at our church. We have people that just like people. And they stand about 10 feet inside the door. And they're, they're the hugging crew. They can't wait to see the people. Oh, you're new here. Let me introduce you to, you like the deer hunt? Bob likes the deer hunt. I, they have no official role, but I love those people because they, they are, in essence, some of our greatest evangelists because they connect people to people and people who are connected to people connect to Jesus much differently than people who are disconnected from people. So yeah. find the servants and, and see if they can't be leaders. And, and I would make sure that your, your leaders can be servants before you put them in positions of leadership. So, good. so if you're listening or watching today, 
Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into pastoring a church, leading a church, and we're not trying to oversimplify it. You know, we're mm-hmm. we realize that there's there's complexity yeah. uh, to leading anything, but I'm thinking that these three are powerful pillars. Yeah. Uh, if you want your organization to be healthy, man, focus on the Great Commandment. Focus on the Great Commission. Understand that one of your primary roles as a leader is to see the greatness that God has put in people and call that out of them and help them to develop it. That's the equipping piece. And and you know what? I don't know if there's anything more fun in ministry than that third one is is seeing the God-given potential in people and saying, I see something in you. Maybe you don't even see yourself. Yeah. And I want to I bring that to the surface. And we want to help you develop that gift, that amazing talent that God has placed in you. There's a, there's a lot of joy in that. And uh, so we want to encourage you today. I always want to try to encourage you in podcast, but challenge you at the same time. Again, yeah. we hope we've accomplished both. Jim, any last thoughts as we wrap up? I I was at the thing. I, I've I heard uh, Carl teach before, but just recapping, it has fanned some flames. I, so I, mm-hmm. I I thank you for making this a priority because I think a lot of again half the people in America that call themselves Christians are are in a a church that's under two hundred in attendance, and half the people are in a church that's over two hundred in attendance. And for far too long, we've made we've made one thing seem more successful, and so one thing is more a failure. And I, it just it's wonderful to be liberated from that notion. It is not true. And right. everything that Jesus has mandated in the Great Commandment, in the Great Commission, and in the the fivefold ministry can be done with with the three people or more. So everybody's qualified to play at this level and to enjoy it. So I would just say this: um, we love you guys. Uh, we we are here to find out where you're itching and 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 produce you know something that scratches that itch where you're hungry and produce cheeseburgers. We we love we love it. We were just at a, a recent event and I had probably have a dozen people say, just really enjoy the podcast. Thanks for doing that. They walked with, I have no idea who this person is. So we but we love that. But this is not a money-making thing, obviously. This is not a this is a free of charge conversation between friends. They have enough friends out there that say, if you guys could talk about this, we'd appreciate it. And that really is where most of this comes from is listening. So if we're missing something, tell us. If you need a podcast that hasn't happened yet, let us know. Um, It is not at all uncommon that the topic that we are completely unaware of, you bring to our attention. And and then we think about it for a season, pray about it, talk to people about it, come back with with that request. So let us know how we can help you. Convergecoach.com. Send us send us a quick, you know, uh, maybe in the comments of this podcast. If you guys could do this or what about that or hey, I need some help. How would I get a hold? Just convergecoach.com. Uh, there's a there's a click. What do you call that? The contact link? us. Contact us. Yeah. Half hour. We'll take a half hour. If you only need 10 minutes, we'll give you 10 minutes, but up to a half hour of just hanging out talking about what's on your heart and how we can help you and move you forward because uh, we love you. We believe in you. So go get them guys. It's Tuesday. You're still a leader. You're still in the ministry. You've made it another week. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Keep serving. God bless you as you continue to lead from alignment.